wind energy. It's something we talk a lot about here at Renew Missouri, but we're going to find out why it's important to utilities and to its customers with our guest today, Ajay Arora on Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus. We are coming to you live on tape from the Ameren, Missouri headquarters here in St. Louis. Uh, we have Philip Frasica running our boards. Philip, say hello. Hello. Yeah, don't be rude. And we have a very special guest. Um, we have Ajay Aurora. Am I saying that right? That's right. Okay. And he is with Ameren, Missouri. Ameren, Missouri, which a lot of you know from listening to our podcast and um, you know, just being generally interested in energy policy, is the largest uh, investor-owned utility here in the state of Missouri. Um, he has uh, been very engaged with Ameren's wind farm case. Uh, just to kind of give you a uh, little refresher here, Ameren, Missouri has got in front of the Public Service Commission a proposal uh, to build a 400-megawatt uh, wind farm up in Adair and Shiler County, which is in the very northeast part of Missouri. It's going to be the largest uh, wind farm in the state of Missouri. Uh, so that's very exciting. Uh, we've had some testimony get filed. We've had some local public hearings. Ajay, you've been very involved with that. And I guess the one question I would want to start with for our, uh, for our listeners is, um, why are you someone who's qualified and is an expert in this stuff? So good afternoon, James. Uh, first of all, let me just say I'm really excited to be here on this uh, podcast. Um, the project is clearly one um, we're really committed to, really excited about. Um, you know, we have been uh, following wind technology, Ameren, Missouri has, over the last several years. And I personally have been involved over the last three. Um, and uh, we watched the technology really change, become a lot more sophisticated, um, to the extent that it's able to harness the wind in, uh, in northern Missouri. Mm -hmm. And we're really, really excited about that. Um, and so I've been tracking the technology, certainly, um, you know, talking to a lot of the expert developers in the area, getting to learn some of the state-of-the-art changes uh, in wind turbines and, and the towers and the blades and just how fascinating the technology has become in terms of remotely being able to harness the wind. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as head of uh, generation operations and uh, energy management, um, it is an integral part of our future portfolio right. as we transition our generation operations to a cleaner, more fuel-diverse um, portfolio, uh, but do it in an affordable, balanced, and responsible manner. Right, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, yeah, and I, I want to talk a little bit about the advancements and the changes that you're talking about here. I mean, one thing to kind of go over... For the people who might not um, know a lot about energy, we have three different kind of ways we talk about energy. We have the generation of it, we have the transmission of it, and we have the distribution of it. That's right. And so we're talking about, you know, in a lot of ways that utility companies will make it. They have coal, they have nuclear, now they have wind, and they have solar. Uh, I know there's other options out there, but that's kind of the big, those are the big ones that we're talking about right now. And when you're talking about the changes that you've seen, I mean, like, is there anything that's, that's substantial in your view about why wind is better now than it has been in the past as far as generating power? Absolutely. Uh, there are a few things. And um, 
I do want to put in a plug for hydropower as well. Please. We own a lot yes. of hydropower and, uh, you know, that's been our renewable uh, go-to resource. For Lake the of the Ozarks. Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. And we have, we have a facility up in Iowa at Keokuk. Um, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating resource. Been there for yeah. several, several decades. Um, so that's uh, proven well for us. Wind technology, um, the changes really have come in terms of just how the turbines are now deployed mm-hmm. and developed because uh, the materials they're using are, are different, they're uh-huh. lighter, so they're more cost effective. Um, they allow the towers to become taller. Mm-hmm. And so if you know about wind generation, um, you know the higher you're able to go, the better it is to reach the wind. And then once you get to that height, the next important thing is to be able to have longer blades to be able to harness the wind. You know, the tower heights to get to the wind, the longer blades to harness the wind. And then the third important thing is the technology has become so advanced that the wind turbines are able to move into the wind as the wind changes direction. Mm. So they're really um, ensuring that the efficiency is, is becoming such that you're able to certainly deploy the wind that's available. Yeah. And, and that's become a huge change in Missouri. So it sounds like it's lighter, it's taller, and it's smarter. Is that like kind of a good summation it's, of that? It's longer and smarter. It's longer and smarter. And when you talk about like height, um, I usually get a chance, when I was public counsel, which was consumer advocate here in the state of Missouri, I got to tour and go up one of these wind turbines in Kansas. Um, this thing was over 400 feet in the air. Uh, it, it was big. I mean, when we're talking about these in uh, Northeast Missouri that you all have proposed, that you're all trying to get approval for, I mean, how tall are we talking about these things? How, how tall are they going to be? So the top of the tip um, of the turbine, which is, you know, the tower plus the blades themselves, the top of the tip is just shy of 500 feet. Holy cow. That's a, oh my gosh, it's really big. <laughs> And, and I mean, how long, I mean, and like, how, how long does it normally take? I mean, I know you might not be specific on this, but how long does it take to put one of those up? Well, once the, you know, and that's the other fascinating thing, the, the construction itself has gotten pretty structured. The processes are really well defined. There's almost 90,000 megawatts of wind generation in the U.S. So they are able to commission, which is to test and run, you know, once everything is in place, um, approximately 10 wind turbines a week when everything is in place. Now, yeah. the total construction time period is about nine to 10 months. Okay. Um, but once the all the equipment is in place, you know, it's really staggered. It's just in time inventory. And once they start going, um, they put up 10 a week and then go on to put the next 10 and the next right. 10 and, and start commissioning them and testing them. Now, ultimately, based on what you propose, I mean, how many do you see are going to be in this area? Do you have a number on that? Right. So we are, we are in this area, which is uh, northeast Missouri, Adair and Schuyler County. There will be uh, 175 of okay. these uh, state-of-the-art wind turbines. Put 10 of those up a week. Ten thousand okay. a week. And you said ten to fifteen. Actually. Ten to fifteen. Okay, so that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty fast clip. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something interesting, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I mean, when you look at wind development here in Missouri, you've seen a lot of that happen in the western part of the state. You see a lot of that in Axon County, DeKalb County, places like that. But you haven't really seen a lot in Northeast Missouri. And you mentioned that the technology has made it easier to do that. I mean, what have been some of the challenges in Northeast Missouri for this? 
One of the challenges has also been the access to transmission. Aha. So by Amrin investing in the local area by building a 340 kilovolt transmission line, mm -hmm. that's really allows us to access the wind now in that area okay. and put it on a you know a pretty big pipeline of transmission energy to bring that energy to, uh, for our uh, consumption and for the mm -hmm. consumption of all Amrin Missouri customers. So that's been a big game changer yeah. is in terms of having access to the wind in the northeast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the ATXI transmission line. Is that that's what it's correct. called? The Mark Twain ATXI yeah. transmission line. I know that's been something that's gotten a lot of attention as far as like legal and regulatory work in front of the Public Service Commission. And that's kind of gotten, we're kind of at the point where that's finally going to be able to be a factor for all of you as far as Amherst, Missouri to be able to get power from that part of the state. So that's the big, that's the big, that's the big, uh, that was the big impediment. It was. Okay. Absent, absent the Mark Twain transmission line, Amarin, Missouri, or, or anybody else for that matter, could not have built uh, such a large project in that area. Okay. And, I mean, as far as wind, I mean, you know, like one of the things when you talk about technology improving, is that is that how much of that do you see is just that more utilities have been putting this in and it's become cheaper because they've figured out problems, they've figured out how to make it more inexpensive, or is it just... I mean, what, what do you factor that into why the technology is better now? I mean, what, why do you think that this is the time that's right for Amber, Missouri to be doing this? Well, I think, I think it's a combination. I, I think, you know, like I said, there's approximately 90,000 megawatts. The technology has certainly developed. I also think that, you know, as, as the larger wind uh, turbine manufacturers um, have gotten more sophisticated, mm -hmm. um, they are now developing wind turbines for specific wind regimes mm -hmm. um, and becoming a lot smarter for sure, but a lot faster in terms of deploying new technologies. Like I, I fully expect that, you know, as we start deploying uh, these turbines in the 2020s, by the early 2020s, there'd be even more advancements, you know, right. as, as some of the tax credits roll off, I think those would be offset by technology improvements right. in the area. So that's why we, we perceive this uh, or we view this technology as as one of our uh, resources for the future. Yeah. You mentioned the tax credits. I mean, just to kind of give the listeners out there kind of an indication. I mean, right now there are some tax benefit for larger projects like this to be put into place. I mean, can you kind of give, give us a little bit of insight into what that is and why that matters right now? Absolutely. So, um, you know, several things have come together uh, for us to make the investment uh, as Amory, Missouri. The technology costs have come down. The technology has become a lot more efficient. And then, uh, you know, the transmission uh, right. access and then the tax credits, which are federal tax credits, are provided for projects that are completed by 2020. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, you know, once uh, we and when we have regulatory approval, that's the schedule we're on, is to get this project constructed and operational by uh, 2020. The tax credits are meaningful because they provide for every megawatt hour of production. Um, they provide about $24 per megawatt hour and that increases at an inflation index. Yeah. So it's a, it's a meaningful, meaningful, um, value that we are passing on to customers right and yeah I mean, so like ultimately when you talked about cost savings for customers because you mentioned that earlier when we were talking i mean that's part of the equation right is you're going to be seeing some benefit from that and so therefore 
I mean, in a lot of ways, this isn't going to be having that much cost, as much cost impact as it could. Absolutely right. And, um, you know, over the life of the asset, we expect it to be beneficial to customers, uh-huh. and certainly over the first 10 years because of the federal yeah. tax credits. Because am I, am I wrong in saying that wind is, like, really cheap right now? It is. Okay. I mean, and do you factor that in just the technology? Do you factor that into just growth? I mean, is it... What's I mean? What's driving that? Is it demand for it? Is it supplying it? I mean, like I kind of look at stuff from an economic perspective, and like, what is you know what is that? Is that something that people that you're finding your customers want? Is that part of it, or is it just because the technology's gotten to the point where you can, you know, see the benefits of it as part I, of your I supply? I think it's a combination of of several aspects. It's clearly the demand. Mm-hmm. We are seeing it in our area. Uh, our customers do. Uh, like renewable energy, uh, wind and solar. Um, I think the supply um, is meeting the demand, mm-hmm. uh, especially driven by the federal tax credits. The technology is also, because of all the investments they made in uh, research and development, is certainly improved by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's a sweet spot right now yeah. with the with the demand, the supply, the technology advancements, the federal tax credits, and in our case, the transmission access. Right. Um, so it's it's really... Um, it's a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm. And, and you know, just to be clear, we have been watching this uh, technology for several, several years, just like we watch all new technologies. But we really like to invest when they become affordable and reliable. Uh-huh. And that's where wind is now. It's, yeah. it's reliable, it's affordable, and we're getting the benefit of access to a new transmission line along with the federal tax credits. Right. And, you know, and I know this is all kind of couple, I mean, I know last August, it was about this time last year that Ameren kind of announced that they've got this um, document that you all file, this uh, this filing with the Public Service Commission. It's called an um, Integrated Resource Plan, IRP for all our listeners out there who like those TLAs our three-letter acronyms we deal with here in the uh, utility world. Um, and you made some you made some big, I mean, Aaron made some big advancements in looking at like about a 700 megawatt investment into renewable energy at a utility scale. Um, now, I, you know, kind of to try to give people a sense of this, when you're talking about 700 megawatts, I mean, that sounds pretty technical, but can you give us a sense of how much is the energy is that really going to provide to people? I mean, how many customers are going to benefit from that? Absolutely. So... You know, it's about 3 million megawatt hours a year, but just thinking about the wind farm in the Northeast, that's 400 megawatts, um, so slightly more than half of the 700 that we have committed to. But that, that powers about 120,000 homes. Wow. Um, so, you know, the fact that we have access to this new transmission line allows us to meet the energy of 120,000 homes right. in, in all our service territory. Yeah. And I mean, just so we're we're clear with your service territory, I mean, you you provide power to everyone in St. Louis City, right? right? St. Louis County, and I mean, it's a big chunk of the eastern part of the state. That's right. And you get some parts of Central Missouri, and there's a few little outliers in Western Missouri, like Kearney and places like that. That's where you all serve Missouri, and so that's a big chunk of the state. Right. Was that two point one million people? Well, our, we have about 1.2 million what? customers. Uh, oh, I, I read my notes wrong. I got that reversed. <laughs> well, I, I think it may have been combining Illinois. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I knew there was some number out there like that. So that's a good chunk of your customers. And, um, I mean, so when you talk about the timetable, I mean, that IRP is kind of looking out like the next 
20 years. 20 years. And so is that something that you're going to be seeing more closer to the beginning of that period, or is that going to be where we're at at the end? I mean, what do you see as the future of, of what you're generating here at Ameren? Well, the 700 megawatts, I, I think we'll be seeing towards the beginning of mm -hmm. the IRP. Um, and then we have also committed to looking at additional solar, yeah. which uh, I expect you know would be in the next five years. And the IRP is updated every year, right. but uh, a fully developed and fully uh, completed um, IRP is done every three years. Uh -huh. And so I expect in... Um, 2020, when we have our next IRP, then uh, we'll be taking a good hard look at these technologies again mm -hmm. and uh, see how much we deploy in the second half of the 2020s. So right now, we are focused on the first five years, which is where the 700 megawatts is. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, in our next IRP, we'll clearly be looking at these technologies because the cost for solar um, are also coming down, yeah. as are the costs for battery energy storage mm -hmm. along with wind. And so, you know, between the three technologies, I, I think it will be an exciting several yeah. decades. And I did notice in your IRP you have more investment listed for wind than solar. I mean, when you talk about the technology that's advanced for wind, has that same technology evolved for solar in the same way, or is that different? It has, and, uh, and uh, I think over the last couple of years, it's advancing even faster. Mm -hmm. So I fully expect that here in the next few years, solar and wind will start potentially competing yeah. with each other. And they clearly are in some parts of the United States. Um, but even in Missouri, I think the, the financials and the economic value to customers will, becoming, will start becoming closer. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, it seems to me when I look at maps of Missouri, it seems like you have more solar penetration on the western side of the state than you do on the eastern right. side of the state. Is that part of it? Why you have more wind outlined in your IRP for Ameren as opposed to solar? Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a matter of you know sequentially adopting the technology as it becomes affordable and reliable. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're focused on the wind right now. But you know, as we are seeing some of the efficiency gains in solar in parts of the state. Um, you know, those, those could become good technologies as well right. in the next five years. And I, I can't help but bring this up because you mentioned the battery and storage. Um, I mean, one of the things I know that has been a routine concern about solar and wind is that, well, hey, the wind doesn't blow all the time and the sun doesn't shine all the time. And so you can't really completely rely on that. But do you see... Um, do you see some sort of, do you see like battery and storage being something that will help make that more accessible and make that something easier to rely on wind and solar? I mean, what, I mean, like that's kind of one of those things you hear people talk about at conferences, but you're not seeing a lot of things being put in place right now. I mean, so where do you see that as the future of what Ameren's looking at as far as battery and storage capacity? I see that developing as well. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned before, um, our hydro resources are yeah. pretty great. Um, and so obviously Lake of the Ozarks, but we also have a pumped hydro storage. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just like a huge, huge battery yeah. that can store the wind. Um, and so we're going to invest more in that facility. Yeah. Um, and uh, that'll certainly create value for our renewable resources. But in addition to the pumped hydro storage at Tom Sock, mm -hmm. um, we're also seeing out in the western parts of the country that there's there's meaningful deployment of battery storage, yeah. certainly in California. Um, and so we, we are going to start exploring it in Missouri as well. 
uh, in combination with some of these renewable resources mm -hmm. and being strategic and surgical about where it provides the most value for customers. Yeah. Um, but, but I clearly see that as a trend uh, as well. And so as we think about a balanced portfolio uh, with hydro, solar, wind, nuclear, coal, and natural gas, and pumped hydro and batteries, I, I think it's a mixture of you know continuing to certainly uh, start providing more and more renewable energy, but do it in a manner that we can provide the reliability yeah. with energy storage and also make sure our customers' rates stay low because that's something they value. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about this pump hydro concept for people who might not be aware of what Ameren does with that. I've, I've got a chance to tour this. It's not open to the public anymore. Um, and, um, you know, you have Tom Sock, which is in the kind of the south-central part of the state, and it's really high up in the air. you got this mm -hmm. big, huge, what is it, million-gallon reservoir, something like that. Right. And yeah. you just basically take water, you take it down, you take it back up, and you basically use the gravity of that to produce electricity. Yeah. Right. So if you think about it, it's like a big battery where we have a huge reservoir at the top of the mountain. Um, you know, you could use wind power, which generates at night. Uh -huh. And you could pump up the water from the bottom reservoir, the bottom part of the river, up to this reservoir at the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. And then during the day, when you really need the energy, the water just flows down from gravity, yeah. turns the turbine, and produces electricity. It's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. It's, it's an engineering marvel, for yeah. sure. But it's only it's only places where you can go where like there's you can take advantage of like those uh, kind of elevations. Yeah, so you're not going to be able to see that in northern Missouri. That's right. <laughs> so I mean, so when you talk about batteries, I mean you're talking about a lot of that going on out west. I mean, do you see? I mean, do you, do you see those kind of technological advances that's going to make that more prolific around Missouri? I mean, where when do you think we're going to start seeing things like that? I'm not wanting you to commit to anything. So just so you're all listening. I'm not trying to get Ameren, Missouri on the record here. <laughs> I'm just kind of wondering what you see as, uh, as what might be, um, as might be a time where we can start seeing advancements with that here in the state. I, I, James, I don't think it's that far off. Um, we have um, put in a state-of-the-art, one of the most advanced microgrids in the country uh, in Illinois. And Is it Champaign? And Champaign. Yeah. And so it has wind, it has solar, it has batteries. Um, and it has a small gas-fired generator, but, and you know it has a digital layer so that we can optimize it along with the grid. But the whole purpose of that was to start testing the battery technologies. Yeah. And so after we have tested it and, and we are learning quite a bit, you know, then I think our next step would be start looking at these combinations of solar, batteries, wind, and just how uh, we can optimize our distribution grid and our transmission grid with these new technologies. So I don't think it's that far off, quite yeah. frankly. And just down the highway here on I-44, you go to Missouri S&T, and they're doing a lot of great research there with mm -hmm. uh, microgrid technology. Mm -hmm. um, so you're seeing a lot of future engineers <laughs> like yourself that are like that are doing that work, and you're seeing it. I mean, people are living in, in, in student housing that's like powered by microgrids down right. there. Right. It's pretty exciting. It is pretty exciting. The technologies are really, really taking off. And, yeah. And it's, it's pretty fascinating. Now, and, and getting back to wind a little bit, because I know we've kind of gone off topic here, because I think when you're talking about generation of power, there's so many exciting aspects of that. But I mean, you know, I mean, you, you feel like, I mean, Ameren obviously has to do some public education here, because there's a lot of there's a lot of things out there. I mean, you, have you been a part of any of that about like having to go? I mean, I think you went and spoke at the local public hearing uh, that the Public Service Commission put on uh, in Queen City just a couple weeks ago 
Um, I mean, how do you feel like? I mean, how do you feel like the public's perception of wind is right now? Well, certainly from our experience, uh, the communities have welcomed uh, welcomed us. Um, it's it's in a part of the area where they see the advantages, the economic development. Mm-hmm. Um, they see all the benefits I've talked about. Um, I agree with you. There's more and more uh, engagement mm-hmm. that that we'd want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, as we start investing in these new, t- new technologies, and I expect we'd have a plan to to start doing that. Um, you know, we do have a corporate uh, social responsibility report that talks about a lot of our investments as well. And so that's an avenue. Mm-hmm. But I can see where, you know, we're going to start engaging more with the public and with right. the local communities um, that really benefit from our investments and, and, you know, bringing them into the new uh, understanding that we have yeah. now acquired. Um, so I can see more of that occurring as well. So yeah. that, that's a good point. But yeah, because the one thing I've noticed is that anytime you try to like do something different and you try to like get people to adopt change, that's scary to people. Mm-hmm. And they say to themselves, well, I don't know if this is going to be reliable. I don't know if this is going to be good for you know where I live. I mean, so obviously there's a lot of people that have concerns out there. Um, but I mean, you know, to me, I feel like the more you talk about it and the more that you list out the facts and that they see economic benefits of this, uh, because I think that is a big part of this. I mean, one of the things that Renew Missouri is always trying to do is talk about why this is good for people's pocketbooks. Right. And I think you you mentioned it yourself. Amber Missouri sees this as becoming an increasingly more affordable technology. So it's something that's going to be good for people, like for your customers. But it's also good because it seems like businesses are drawn to this. They're attracted to places where they can get this kind of access. And so I think that that's I think that's important because that those businesses attract jobs as well. So I mean, so obviously Amron's focused on trying to get that message out there as well. Absolutely, and we're working pretty pretty closely with the local business communities because you know the the jobs would clearly be generated during construction. Uh, there may be local businesses wanting to participate, um, and you know we just see this as sort of a showcase project um, mm-hmm. with with more to follow. Um, that really brings up the economic development in the state with uh, not only construction jobs, but uh, certainly permanent jobs as well in the future. Yeah, because I mean, I, and I know you look at Iowa, and you look at Illinois, those are states that's surrounding us. Amherst, Illinois has got a component over there and their regulatory system, that's set up a little differently than here, but you're seeing a lot of economic development go on over there. And I, it's my opinion, a lot of that is coming from, you know, people's access to sustainable energy. So, I mean, I think Missouri's got a real opportunity here to take advantage of that. That's right. And, and the local uh, community certainly benefit not only from the investment in the area, the jobs, and just the products and services, but, you know, several of the farmers also benefit because yeah. they have a, a tangential source of income for several, several decades that, yeah. that is produced as part of the wind farm. Yeah, and I mean, like me, coming from a rural part of the state, I'm a farm kid, I know that the rural economies in the state are suffering right now. Uh, farming isn't what it used to be. And so if you've got this source of income where, I mean, I think you're in a situation where Amron is leasing this property, you're not That's buying right. it anywhere. That's right. So they're seeing a source of income from that. And I mean, there's still some farming they can do around those. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When I went out to the KCPNL, uh, I keep I keep bringing that up, but I went out there. I was having to dodge cow patties getting to the turbine because they still had cattle grazing there. So there's still an opportunity to do both. Absolutely. They, they can they can coexist pretty well. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, I think that's just that's one of those things that I think a lot of people aren't seeing is in these rural areas. You are going to be seeing more opportunity for the people who are already there. 
And I know there's a lot of people saying, like, oh, this is bad for the community. We hear this. We hear this from New Missouri. Oh, my gosh, there's all these things that you're going to encounter. But I think that does ignore a lot of the uh, – I think that does ignore a lot of the benefits that you're seeing with it. So. And the other thing we have done, you know, as, as, as I've said, we, we have been watching this technology. So as, I've, as we have seen some of the wind farms in the rest of the state – and some of the local issues that have come up, we, we have you know ensured that our design yeah. really optimizes and minimizes the impact on, on on the residents for those kind of things. Sure, and I guess it all kind of ties into one thing. I you know one thing Renew Missouri really wants Amer Missouri to get out there and publicize is you just got approval for your green tariff. Your um, I know it's I think it's customer choice program uh, where people uh, large scale businesses and institutions can opt to enter into agreements to get renewable energy. Right. I mean, so is all this kind of going to be coinciding with each other for that? Absolutely. And that that's why that's why we're really excited about, you know, the, the investment and the, the expansion into renewable energy. And uh, it all kind of feeds off each other. Yeah. Our, our uh, you know, the fact that we have a renewable energy standard and a requirement that just helps us invest in the technology uh, in an affordable and reliable manner but then our customers are demanding even more right and so that's the next step um, and so we're really excited about our investment opportunities yeah. in the state of Missouri and I know that as uh, Amron keeps trying to develop that and trying to find people that are interested in it we will be there to try to help find those customers that are going to be interested in that so uh, well, you know, I know we're coming close to the end of our time. I want to know if there's anything else that you would want our listeners to know about or if there's anything that you think they should be watching on the horizon from Amron, Missouri right now. Well, first of all, I want to thank you, James, for this opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, we're really, really excited. Um, we think that this project would be a showcase project with the, with the wind resources and the transmission line that provides access to clean energy mm-hmm. pretty close to where our customers are. And we hope it's the first of many in the state. Well, we hope so, too. <laughs> and we, uh, we want to thank you for your time as well. Uh, we think, you know, you will be hearing more uh, about what these projects are, about how it's going through the Public Service Commission, about how we're trying to get all that uh, to, you know, get all the parties together to kind of come up with a way to get this done without a hearing. I know we're working on that. We have come out and supported this, just so everyone knows. And, uh, yeah, we thank you again. For your time and we want to thank you all for pushing this forward and making sure that uh, your customers have this option and for that we want to thank all of you out there uh listening we want to remind you just to subscribe to us on itunes write a review get more of your friends involved post us on your social media uh we want to uh, spread the good word about what energy policy is going on in the state uh and once again this is james owen and philip persica coming to you from st louis thanks again for listening and you all have a great day